welcome to Sword of the Story. I'm Janie. And I'm Max. Oh, by the end of this episode, you'll know for sure <laughs> who this is. Stay tuned through the final credits to find out the truth. What if you're... Is this Max? Your voice just at the end slowly starts to morph into Eli's and it's just been a whole other Keith prank. Oh, God. Well, He's... we have to do that next year. Cut this. That's a great plan. It's a good plan. Everybody forget what you just heard. <laughs> We actually didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. And also, you are here. <laughs> this, this is the podcast where we tell each other stories. Yeah, any stories, really. Literally any stories. Yeah. And we like it, and we don't do it for children. So if you're a child, don't be here anymore. Go outside, touch some grass. But wear shoes, because otherwise you'll get ringworm. <laughs> Max, how you do? <laughs> Hey, buddy. <laughs> Thinking about worms a normal amount. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mentioned worms in my story today. Really? Yeah. Well. I, I only do it once, and I might not even, so it's going to be fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm so excited to maybe hear the word <laughs> worms later. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out if Max is Keith, and also if I talk about worms. <laughs> Uh, Don't touch that dial. Jeannie might talk about worms. So, so far, I think if you've never listened to this podcast before, you might be a little confused. If you have listened to it, you might be thinking, I want more. (laughs) Those are the two genders. Max, tell them how they can get more of this. God damn it. Listen, if you want to go on to Patreon, and the link for that is in the description for this episode the show notes you can pay us seven dollars and then every month we'll send you and only you not only you everyone who subscribes for seven dollars on patreon just a really good bonus episode with a sparkling personality and like a a really nice sense of humor it's a bonus episode of the real phase for radio for sure oh yeah so if that sounds interesting to you a brand new original special feature special bonus episode every month, then you can join us on Patreon. Or if that doesn't sound good to you, but you still want to send us $3, you can join at the $3 tier and you get to hang out with us on Discord. And the Discord is fucking awesome. So you should be on it anyway. Yeah. And I will be dropping financial tips in the Discord to help you maximize your income so that you can pay us $7. (laughs) We should not be giving anybody financial tips. (laughs) That seems like babies raising babies. (laughs) Yep. Here's a hot financial tip for you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you buy too much cheese, it'll go bad before you can eat it all. <laughs> so here's the, the hot tip, okay? <laughs> Keep buying the same amount of cheese, <laughs> but start eating more cheese at once. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Jeez. Everybody go back and listen to Max's story about the little cheese eating Dutch boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's your favorite story that I've told, but I appreciate it. That might be my favorite story I've ever heard. Hold on. I'm going to find the episode. Little Klaus. His name was Klaus. Hold on. The little Dutch cheese boy. (laughs) I'm going on sortofthestory.com. What a good idea. (laughs) I love to go on. Ah, episode 75. I literally just got there. Okay, so it's episode 75, (laughs) and the story is called The Boy Who Wanted More Cheese. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that episode, I wanted that boy to be my child. (laughs) And you also wanted more cheese. cheese. 
Anyway, so uh, for more hot tips like that, uh, join our Discord for $3 a month. Yeah, and also you can check out all of our stories on sortofthestory.com, as well as other information and our social links, and you can email us if you want to. You don't have to, though. But you should, and it has to be good, though. It has to be good. You, If you're thinking about writing it right now, fuck it. Go back. Think again. If <laughs> Think it's not good, harder. we're going to judge you, and we're going to send it back with edits, and we're going to send it to your teacher. Uh, and, and your mom. Gonna, and your mom's <laughs> going to get it, too. <laughs> I don't know. I am bullying And your crush. <laughs> your crush is going to get it, along with that picture that you don't want anyone to see of you on that vacation with your family. <laughs> I'm going to cut a lot of that because none of it was good. I realize I keep saying that and then not cutting anything. Yeah, you do. It's, it's, sometimes I go back and I listen and I'm like, why did she leave that in there? <laughs> Usually it's because those things will bleed into the next thing that's relevant. Oh, that's and so true. I can't cut it. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I guess the whole story is staying in. That's a bummer because <laughs> it is not relevant. Love um, it. okay. Should we hit the town on these tales? We should fucking hit the town. We should paint these tales red. (laughs) (laughs) I have... That is mentioned in my story. Really? Listen, you're fucking nailing it, man. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's go. I'm in story battleship and I am winning. (laughs) Battleship? Yeah. I'm just... I'm giving you... That's in my story! Are you fucking kidding me? A battle is. Ships aren't. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe I'm not winning a battleship and you're just like, oh, you came so close to my ship that a wave would have caused my ship to capsize. Wave? So you got me. <laughs> All right, well, Max is going to tell me a story now. Goodbye. Okay, Janie. Okay. Max or Keith. <laughs> or Janie. Who knows? I got a story for you today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this to you the way I pitched it to you earlier. Okay. So... This is what I'm pitching. Okay. And also what we're going to do for the podcast. <laughs> Listeners, you don't get input on this. I'm already doing it. <laughs> By the time you listen to it, we're already in your house. <laughs> it will already be done. You will already be dead. <laughs> the river, rivers will run red with blood. This is the butterfly effect and you have no say in it. <laughs> so um, what story are you going <laughs> to So I was trying to think about what story I wanted to tell for this week. And... I, this is really weird. I was looking through a roster and I saw that someone's middle name was Odette. Mm. And I was like, oh shit. And it reminded me of the Swan Princess in Swan Lake. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll tell that story. And then I found out that that's not actually a folktale. It was written for the ballet. So it was a ballet first, but it does have its roots in German and Russian folktales. Cool. There are a couple of folktales that it mainly draws from. So here's the shit that I'm slinging at (laughs) you. I'm going (laughs) to... And I'm going to be ducking and weaving (laughs) as you sling it. This week, I'm going to tell the Russian component, Mm -hmm. I believe. Wait, let me check. Exciting. Oh, I got confused because I was still looking at the little cheese boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you the Russian folktale that contributes to the story of Swan Lake. And then next week, I'm going to tell you the German tale that contributes to the story of Swan Lake. And then on the bonus episode for July, which you can get by joining our Patreon at the $7 tier, I'm going to tell the story of Swan Lake as though it were a folktale. Because it kind of is. So cool and so exciting. So if you join us on Patreon, you can listen to that bonus episode and you can kind of see, I'm going to talk a little bit about like how these stories come together to make the narrative and sort of how folklore develops. Um, So this is like a to be continued, like multi 
five-part series. Yeah. Cool. I'm here for it. Exciting. Thanks. I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty genius. It is genius. Plus, now I don't have to find a story for the next two episodes. Because I already have. Them. I'm going to laugh so hard if by the time... Have you already read through Swan Lake? Like, yes. Okay, good. Because I was going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where you're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And then when you go to prepare for the bonus episode, you're like, this is two lines long and it's all dance choreography. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. She jumps. Mm, he jumps. And then... Actually, he lands first, and then she lands. Pirouette. And then Pirouette. she jumps again. He doesn't jump, actually. Hardcore fucking intermission. <laughs> <laughs> Curtains. What? <laughs> you come back from the intermission, and the show's just over. <laughs> They're like, we changed our mind. Go home. They're just, the curtains remain closed, and We're they... we cutting our they losses. <laughs> They lower a sign that says, whoops, knocked up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. I'm really excited for your retelling. (laughs) So the story that I'm going to tell you this week, I think it's a really cool folktale in its own right. It is a Russian story that was recorded by Alexander Nikolaevich Afanasyev Mm. uh, in 1858. This is also included in Andrew Lang's The Yellow Fairy Book. Mm. This story is called The White Duck. Oh, yeah. Okay. Also, I'm going to tell this anecdote, even though it's lame. Um, <laughs> I was looking for this story, and I know that Janie, I knew that Janie had just purchased a collection of folk tales by like a prolific folklore author. And I read that this was by Alexander Afanasyev. And I was like, oh, Janie just got a book by him. And so I went through all of my book collections, all of Janie's book collections, trying to find this collection of stories by Alexander Afanasyev that I was convinced that Janie had purchased. <laughs> but the whole time I was actually thinking of Peter S. Bjornsson. Uh, yep, and Jorgen Moe. What, what an idiot. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, you'll never guess what I... I just wasted so much time looking for Asanafias when I was thinking of Bjornsson the whole time. And we both threw our heads back and laughed. And I was like, this is relatable to everyone. <laughs> Meanwhile, again, none of you are memorizing the shit that we're saying. We're definitely not pronouncing anything right. So hey. it's exciting. By the way, I got a couple of Bjornsson books because I was looking for one where it has a punchline about a butt. And I was like, oh, exciting butt stories. And uh, I bought so many and none of them have the story that I'm looking for. <laughs> now I'm wondering if I made up the butt story. <laughs> Maybe it's by Alexander Afanasyev. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rel- <laughs> relatable to everyone. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. My sense of humor is becoming more and more esoteric. <laughs> So you guys know that that's something that could happen to anyone. And uh, <laughs> listen, it, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time that I got my Afanasiev confused with my Asbjornsson. Am I right? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> I well, write to us. Email us at sortofthestory at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So this story is The White Duck. Mm. Our story begins with a wedding. The prince of a kingdom marries the girl of his dreams, and they are so happy. Their life is just wedded bliss. Like, they are unbelievably into each other. It is gross. Nobody wants to be around them. (laughs) This kingdom seems like they're full of dicks. (laughs) (laughs) But shortly after the wedding, the prince is called away to a long journey, which it'll be a while before he comes back from. 
And it says that this happens after too short a time. He had not yet had time to have enough of talking to her and listening to her, which I think is nice. That is nice. I'm sorry. My fucking cynical brain is like, oh, he's got to go on a long journey. Where? Is he mounting the summit of Whore Island? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why my brain's just like, that fucking slut, he's stepping out on his woman. (laughs) Uh, Journeying for poon, more like. He's about to uh, deal with state affairs. (laughs) We're both saying the same thing. Go. (laughs) So before he even has time to get tired of talking to her all the time every day, he has to leave and go on a journey. Mm -hmm. And he is heartbroken and she is heartbroken and she begs him not to go. And he's like, I have to. But I'll be back. And she's like, okay, but it's going to be so long. And he's like, I know it's going to be so long. And she's like, okay, but you hang up first. And he's like, no, you hang up first. (laughs) (laughs) They're annoying. I won't lie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's like, okay, well, I have to know that you're safe while I'm gone. Because if I worry about you, I'm going to fucking kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) If I worry about you even once, I'm jumping off of Whore Island, (laughs) throwing myself into that slutty sea. (laughs) And he's like, so you have to, here's what you have to do. You have to make sure you stay away from any wicked people. Don't let them talk to you. Don't talk to them. You also have to stay away from wicked ideas. Don't even let them get in your head. Not even a little bit. Don't you think wicked things? I'll be so sad and I'll be gone. (laughs) Also, you should stay in your quarters until I come back. Uh Uh, Uh-oh. From the context of this story, I think that he means you should stay like in the castle that we live in, or in the house that we live in, he's not like, specifically I'm just going cl- go to... into your bedroom and close the door. He's like, okay, goodbye. No, don't follow me. If you hear a click outside the door, don't worry. That's just me uh, clicking my shoes. <laughs> no, no, the door is stuck. I'll send someone to help you real soon. <laughs> so he tells her to stay inside of their house until he gets back, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I don't want you going outside and being damaged <laughs> by the elements. Ew. Yeah. Ew. They're gross. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't expect to go into this so mean, but now that I'm telling the story, I hate them. <laughs> Sometimes when we read it, we don't hate it as much as when we're talking about it out loud. Yeah. So she locks herself in the house. She bids him a tearful adieu, and he leaves on his journey to Horror complete Island. task in location. <laughs> um, she locks herself in the house and she busies herself for many, many weeks. Mm-hmm. But eventually, a woman comes and passes by her window and she sees this girl locked up inside. And the woman goes to the window and she's like, excuse me, are you okay? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just staying inside forever. And the woman at the window is like, uh, why don't you come outside? It's a beautiful day. You have this big, beautiful garden out here. Why don't you go for a little walk with me in the garden and get some fresh air? And no, lady... <laughs> She doesn't know you. I'm beginning to think that maybe she should stay locked inside. Maybe she should stay locked inside. <laughs> well, I flipped so fast. Janie, the voice of agoraphobia. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. She's, she wants to fucking kill you. And the princess in the castle is like, no, no, I can't go outside. I have to stay inside. It's not safe out there. And the lady's like... But it, I mean, it's literally just your garden. It's literally right outside of your house. Are yeah. you sure you don't want to come out for a minute? Just like literally 
get any fresh air from outside of your house into your body. Why are you in my garden, lady? (laughs) And the princess is like, well, I have been locked in here for several weeks and it is starting to get musty. So yeah, I'll go for a little walk. So she comes out of the house and she and this woman go for a little walk around the garden. And as they're walking around the garden, there's this little stream that passes through the princess's garden. And the witch... Oops. (laughs) Spoiler! Oops. (laughs) Well, goddamn, the story is ruined! (laughs) Cut it, cut it! (laughs) No, I'm leaving your shame in. (laughs) It's fine. The woman is like... The the normal woman. (laughs) The normal woman who doesn't have any ill intentions (laughs) is like... This is such a beautiful stream and it's such a hot day. Why don't we go for a swim? It looks beautiful. And the princess is like, no, I couldn't. And she's like already taking her clothes off. <laughs> and the, the woman is like, great, let's do it. And then the, the princess takes off all of her clothes and she gets into this little stream. And then the woman behind her. <laughs> the normal woman <laughs> who just watched a princess disrobe. She bops the princess on the back oh. and she says, be a white duck and swim in the water. <laughs> and then the princess turns into a white duck and swims Aww. in the water. <laughs> oh, okay. Because the woman was a witch. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is new information for me. So the princess turns into a beautiful little white duck and she's swimming on the stream, very distraught. <laughs> Just a really distressed duck. <laughs> And I feel sad for that duck. I feel really bad for this duck. Uh, and the woman on shore is like, ha, 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 I got you with my evil plan. And then she transforms herself into the vision of the princess. Yeah. So she looks just like her. She takes the princess's clothes and she puts them on. And then it says in the story, she puts on a little makeup. <laughs> she does a little a little brow, a little, a little blush, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> and... Ha ha ha, my plan has worked, she says, and she walks back to the princess's house. Identity theft is not a joke, witch. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you, ha ha ha. (laughs) So, (laughs) the witch, disguised as the princess, goes back to the princess's house to wait for the prince to come back. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally... The prince gets back, like, right then. (laughs) She hears the latch on the gate open, and she hears a dog barking to say that he is here, I guess. Mm -hmm. They don't mention having a dog, but just a dog. (laughs) You hear the prince go, ah, ah, get out of here! (laughs) As he's being attacked by a feral dog in the kingdom. (laughs) And uh, he comes into his house, and he sees his beautiful wife, the princess. Wow, she's so pretty. And she's like, husband, you're home. And he's like, I'm so glad you didn't leave our house. And then they embrace. Hmm. Meanwhile, a duck is being attacked by feral dogs outside. (laughs) (laughs) So he thinks that this is his wife. It's actually the witch. Oh, my God. What? Um, The actual princess. I was it the actual wife. (laughs) Um, I mean, technically, you're right. Yeah, it just was a weird sentence. The actual princess, meanwhile, a duck, is over on the stream, and she is dejected that she's been tricked. So over the course of time that passes, she finds that she lays three duck eggs. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. Okay, also, I gotta say, it's really fucking sinister to turn a woman into a duck, because male ducks are 
terrible and terrifying. I know what you're going to say. And the truth is that it's almost like a liquid. It just forms into the shape of its container. And actually, duck vaginas are corkscrew shaped. I know. But they still fucking... Like, all duck sex is duck rape. Like, that's just what it is. That's why the vaginas have, like, transformed, like, have evolved over time to be, like, crazy <laughs> shapes. Like a crazy straw. <laughs> vaginas are crazy straws. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, because we just started talking like we were reading each other's goddamn minds, <laughs> male ducks will jump on top of female ducks and then rip out all the feathers and, the, like, the top of their head and shit. And then, like, ma- duck penises are just, like weird liquid things in order to get into any shape because duck vaginas are like we don't want this yeah there's a uh there was a a a fun fact that went around for a while that uh duck penises are corkscrew shaped and that's not true so (laughs) stop the duck slander (laughs) cut it out it's not true and it's not funny (laughs) and it's not funny to turn a human woman into a female duck is what i'm saying it'd be like turning anyone into a dolphin or like a baby seal or around dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying planet. <laughs> it's a bad, bad planet. Let's read. It's a bad, 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 bad world. <laughs> <laughs> so, all of that aside, okay. The duck princess lays three duck eggs. <laughs> And from them, she gives birth to three human babies. Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) She has three sons. Two of them are very, very strong and, like, just, like, hefty, hale little boys. And then the third one, she calls him Tiny because he's just really little. And he, like, has, like, a constant shiver. And he's super skinny and, like, just fragile. Oh. And his two brothers love him so much and they carry him everywhere. And when he is cold at night, they like take turns holding him so that he stays warm because Aww. he's just this little wisp of a thing. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Anyways, this is all true. This is all in the story that his brothers love him so much and they take care of him all the time. And apparently they were born baby, like fully capable, like children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or they became children. Time passes. Wow. She's been a duck for a while. Yeah, she's been a duck for a while. What's the lifespan on a white duck? (laughs) So she has these three little boys, and they love to play in the stream and in the little lake that it feeds into. Their favorite thing to do is to catch fish with their hands and then cook them and eat them. It's their favorite meal. They love to just, like, yeah. splash around in the lake and Can't catch fish. Can't imagine they have any other options. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And their mom is just a duck, and that's fine. They don't know any other way. <laughs> but also, she has a human voice. I feel like I should say this. Oh, okay. And the boys grow up, and they are very adventurous. And they're especially interested in this little house that's, like, near the pond and stream that they live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the prince's house. Yeah, I was going to say, they're so close by, and if she has a human voice, why not just fucking walk up to him one day and is like, hi, you have a birthmark on your ass shaped like Texas. I'm your (laughs) wife. (laughs) I feel like she could have stopped this a while ago. (laughs) Okay, I hate to point out an inconsistency, but I'm pretty sure this story happened before Texas existed, (laughs) so she couldn't have done that. (laughs) You're right. She would not have had any context as to what to describe his birthmark as. <laughs> it's kind of like a, kind of like a foam finger, but blockier. 
Oh, she. This was before phone fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, no! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, logic restored. You're right. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> um, actually. Actually. <laughs> so the boys are very curious about this house, and she's always like, "Hey." Just don't go there. It's not safe for you there. Stay over here. You can go explore in other directions. Stop going to that house. Sure. And they keep sneaking off so that they can look at the house from up on the hill in in the trees and everything. Did she nurse them? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need you to move on. (laughs) How did she keep these babies alive? Keeping one baby alive would have been a miracle for a duck. Keeping triplets alive and one of them sucks? (laughs) Max. Hey. (laughs) One of them's a little. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> Duck milk is the answer. Duck milk. So the boys keep venturing closer and closer to the house, and she's like, seriously, you have to stop. You can't go there. It's not safe. Like, please just don't go there. Don't go any farther. Mm. But obviously, because they're at that age and their mom is telling them not to do something, they keep getting closer and closer to the house. Yeah. And one day, they get so close to the house that they find themselves in the yard. <laughs> Uh oh. Oh, do you think the witch made a milkshake? <laughs> duck milkshake? She made a duck milkshake and now there's all these boys in her yard. <laughs> all these half duck, half boys in the yard. <laughs> my milkshake brings the duck boys to my yard and they're like, quack, quack. <laughs> we don't know any better. <laughs> do you have some bread? <laughs> We know that it's better to eat vegetables, but we don't want it. Our mom keeps making us eat peas because they have nutritional value for us. But we want bread. Bread. We can't digest it. It gives us IBS. But we want it. Bread milkshakes bring our duck boys to the yard. <laughs> it's too late for this episode. It's too late. It's too late. The rivers run red with blood. <laughs> it's just, guys, we're recording this at night on a weekday, and that's not good for us. I have to go to work so soon. Yeah. In like 12 hours. 12 hours. It's not long enough. This episode is going to take at least 13 hours to record. <laughs> Bread milkshake brings the duck boys to the yard. <laughs> and they're like, quack. <laughs> oh no, there's a witch. <laughs> Classic song. Classic Fergie. <laughs> That's not Fergie! Fuck! That's, um, Lil... <laughs> it's one of the Lils. Kim? Is it Lil Kim? I don't know. I thought it was Fergie! It's not Fergie! God, I want to say Lil Kim, but I don't think it's Lil Kim. I have to look this up now for uh, the good of America. You have to complete task in location. Milkshake brings all the boys. Who's Keyless. Kellis. Kelly's? What? Apparently it's Kellis. I've never K-E-L-I-S. heard that. K-E-L-I-S. I thought it was... Oh my god, I just realized this. <laughs> I'm an idiot for seven reasons. You thought she was talking about an actual milkshake? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew that she was talking about boobs. She's talking about boobs? <laughs> you didn't know? I thought she was talking about dancing. With her boobs. Shaking her ass. Janie, it's a milkshake. (laughs) Guys. (laughs) This is the end of the podcast. We are really... Did you think she was talking about a milkshake? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I just realized that the whole time I've... First of all, I've been thinking that 
the song that is this shit is bananas is by Fergie. It's not. It is very specifically by Gwen Stefani. Yes. But also I'm realizing that I thought that my uh B A N I N A S and the milkshake song were the same song. <laughs> and that's bad of me. <laughs> and I'm evil and I deserve jail. Also, I might think that it was Fergie because of the black eyed peas. I think I just put all the food related music that came out at the same time into a bucket in my brain (laughs) that actually makes a lot of sense yeah guys thank you for listening (laughs) rate and review we'll see you later milkshake duck that's not a thing it is a thing on twitter go tell your story I just realized that we came so close to referencing this so many times. Milkshake duck is a colloquialism that's formed on Twitter, which is for the amount of time that it takes for, like, between when someone becomes an overnight sensation to when you find out that they're a bad person. Oh. Like, the fucking guy in the red shirt who was in, like, some kind of, like, Congress hearing or something, and everyone was like, oh, yeah. him. And then literally the next day, it was like, oh, no, he's a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> he's a sex offender. Like, just like... Yeah. Uh, and so the, the tweet is originally like, everybody in America loves milkshake duck, the duck that drinks milkshakes. <laughs> Twelve hours later, we regret to inform you that the duck is racist. <laughs> <laughs> milkshake duck. Milkshake duck. Okay. People know what I'm talking about. It's called milkshake ducking. <laughs> The milkshake ducking sounds disgusting. Yeah. And I realized that as soon as I said it out loud. That sounds like dunking your boobs in a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell your story. I know. I think that just like, that just killed our spirit. Yeah, that ruined me. We got it. So, the boys arrive in the yard (laughs) where the milkshake is being prepared. Yes. And as soon as they step onto the property... The witch, still in the disguise of the princess, mm-hmm. knows. Okay. And she goes to the window and she sees these three little boys, like, sneaking into her yard. And she knows exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. And she, like, she grinds her teeth and she is immediately like, not in my fucking house. Get these fucking kids out of here. Yeah. They're going to ruin everything. And so what she does about that is she goes to the door and she opens it and she says, hello, little boys. Would you like to come in for a snack? Uh-oh. And a milkshake. <laughs> Anybody want a milkshake? <laughs> and they're like, "What? what's the base? And she's like, bread. And they're like, ah, fucking shit! <laughs> what kind of milk is it? Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Just like mama makes. Just like mama makes. So she offers them I feel like legally snacks. we have to say that ducks don't make milk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I don't want us to get sued. <laughs> I feel like they can sue me if they want to try. <laughs> she invites them in mm-hmm. for cookies and treats and snacks and milkshakes. They go into the house and she feeds them and she plays with them Aww. and it starts to get dark and she's like, hey, it's kind of getting dark. Do you want to stay the night and then you can go home in the morning? And they're like, yeah. No bad boys. Yeah. They've never met people before. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. So she... Brings them into a little spare bedroom and she tucks them all in and she's like, All right, good night. I'm glad we got to hang out. And they're like, Thank you. Good night. Uh-oh. And the two bigger brothers immediately go to sleep. They pass out as soon as they touch the bed and they are very loud and they are snoring. Um, <laughs> and then the little one does not fall asleep because he has a weird feeling about this. Ooh, this He's is- like, Maybe this is 
bad. <laughs> Just like Molly Whoopi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he uh, lays awake and he listens. The witch outside, as soon as the door closes on this bedroom, mm-hmm. calls for the servants to kindle the fires, hang the kettles, and sharpen the knives. Uh-oh. Because she's going to eat the boys. <gasps> no. <laughs> so all of her servants get to kindling the fires and hanging the kettles and sharpening the knives. Yeah. They're like, we're actually fine with this? No notes. <laughs> <laughs> and the littlest boy... His name is Tiny. Mm-hmm. Here's all of this happening. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, we're in fucking trouble. She's going to literally eat us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the witch comes to the door and uh, she waits a couple of minutes and then she comes to the door and she says, are you asleep, little ones? And the littlest boy inside says, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, we cannot sleep for the thoughts that chill us. We dare not sleep for they mean to kill us. Fires are being kindled. Kettles are being hung. Knives are being sharpened. Oh, shit. And that's the end of the rhyme. He's just like, we know what you're doing. We will not be fooled, witch. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You are going to eat us, which is why I am not asleep. (laughs) And she's like, all right, I'll come back in a little bit. (laughs) There once was a boy from Nantucket. (laughs) He will not go to sleep because you want to kill him. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Cannibalism. Roses are red, violets are blue. You want to kill us? Fuck you. <laughs> no! You finished the rock! <laughs> um, so the witch goes for a walk around the block to give the, the boys time to go to sleep. And then she comes back and she goes to the door and she's like, Hello, little ones. Are you asleep? And Tiny is like, No! Same reason. <laughs> I didn't forget. <laughs> he repeats the same rhyme, quote unquote rhyme again. Yeah. Uh, the witch is like, all right, well, I gave it t- two chances and that's all the patience I have. Yeah. So she opens the door and she sneaks into the room and she sees that the littlest boy is still awake. And she's like, thank God, because I couldn't fight those two like buff fuckers. <laughs> um so uh, she goes towards their bed where the little boy is, like, hiding in between his two bigger brothers. And, like, and she takes a hand of glory. Okay. Uh, a dead man's hand severed at the wrist. And she passes it over all three of them. And it puts them all into an enchanted sleep from which they may never wake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, mm-hmm. Princess Duck is like, my sons didn't come home last night. <laughs> I bet I know where they fucking went. Yeah. <laughs> so she looks everywhere that she can think of to to try and find them. And they're nowhere. And she's like, well, I guess it's the worst place possible. Uh, and so she, so she goes over to the prince's house. And out in the yard, she sees the pale, white, cold bodies of her three little boys. Oh. They're just sleeping. <laughs> okay. But they look like they're dead. I'm imagining her now as one of those little pencil ducks. You know, like the the cute ones. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I call them Aww. pencil ducks because there's somebody on TikTok who has one of those ducks and its name is Pencil. <laughs> God, that's so good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they are truly the fairy tale ducks. They're so sweet. They're so good. They're just always running around. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Intermission to think about pencil ducks. <laughs> Intermission. When we come back up, there's going to be a sign that says, oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> So, 
The white duck finds her children laying in the courtyard of this house. Wow, she kicked them out of the house. She just threw their bodies outside? I think they're outside as bait for their mom. Oh, shit. Maybe? Okay. Um, Unclear. This story Mm -hmm. is unclear on a lot of points. Got it. She sees her boys, and they look like they're dead. And the princess, duck, flies up, and in her human voice, coming from a duck, says, Mm -hmm. Quack, quack, my sons. (laughs) (laughs) Quack, quack, my beloved ones. In want, I reared you. With tears, I suckled you. You slept. I lay sleepless. You ate. I went hungry. So I am your mom. I have duck milk. Quack, quack. (laughs) Hello. It is your mother. Quack, quack. (laughs) Quack, quack. They'll know what it means. Quack, quack. (laughs) And uh, so she laments with this rhyme over her, uh, rhyme, quote unquote, uh, over her presumably dead son's bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the prince hears voices in the courtyard, and so he comes out, and he's like, whoa, a talking duck. Wild. And and three dead boys. (laughs) Wife, come see this. A talking duck. Uh Uh-oh. Um, and the, uh, witch in disguise as the princess comes out, and is like, she, okay, so she gaslights him. (laughs) She's like, that might be what you think it is, but I... It's not, and whatever it is is fucked up. And servants, get it out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You didn't hear that duck talk. You're crazy. Anyway, someone chase this duck away. (laughs) You know what? Actually, it's pretty feminist of her to (laughs) to gaslight that prince. Gatekeep. Girl boss. Duck boss. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So uh, she commands the servants to drive the duck away, and her servants come out and they start trying to shoo the duck out of the courtyard. And every time they, like, shoo it away, it flies right back and it comes over to the boys. And they can't get a hold of it because it's too fast and it flies up just too high for them to reach. And so these servants are all just chasing this duck around the courtyard. Mm-hmm. And she's too good at being a duck. Yeah. Uh, great job being a duck. Good job. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. <laughs> indeed. And uh, as she's fleeing from these servants, she says, quack, quack, my sons. Quack, quack, my beloved ones. The witch it was that put you to sleep. The witch it was with her wicked ways. For a snake is she. And a deadly one. From you she took your father own, your father own, and my own dear spouse. She <laughs> she drowned us all in the river swift. She turned us all into white-winged ducks. And she herself lives like a princess. True. So are they ducks? No, she's projecting. <laughs> <laughs> she's not good at... It doesn't really... Flow off the tongue. No, none of these rhymes are good. I, I assume it's because it's in translation from Russian, but also whoever translated it did not try. No. <laughs> not even a little bit. Not even a single bit. So this duck is flapping around and she says, quack, quack. The princess is a witch and she turned me into a duck and she stole my husband and you're my sons and he's your dad <laughs> and I'm a duck. Quack, quack. <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> um, and the prince hears this and he's like, well, hang on just a fucking second. This sounds a lot like it pertains maybe to my life story <laughs> somehow. So he's like, well, hang on, like, make sure that you don't hurt this duck. L- let's, you know try and catch this duck so I can hear what she has to say. So for a different reason now. And all of the servants continue chasing her and they can't get her until the prince himself joins in the chase. And he raises his arms up to try and catch her. And she just like (laughs) lands in his hands and like settles down. (laughs) And he's like, hello. And she's like, quack, quack. I'm your wife. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do that. (laughs) 
That's how I'm gonna stop being single. You're gonna just quack gonna, quack. I'm your wife. <laughs> you're just gonna land in someone's hands. Yeah. Quack quack. I'm your wife. Hello. <laughs> um. <laughs> quack quack. I'm gonna order the tater tots. <laughs> That's on my next Tinder date. <laughs> really boxing myself into ordering the tater tots. I don't even like tater tots that much. No, they're not that good. No, they remind me of school lunches. That's yeah. not what the quack quack. I'm your wife. Go. Mmm. Mm. So the prince catches her. She goes willingly into his hands and he sort of like brushes her wings where they're all ruffled from being chased around. And he says, well, I guess this is my wife. And then he says, rise behind me, a white birch stand before me, a fair maid. And she is transformed back into a lady. I'm sorry. The tree is a, is a real curveball, right? No, him doing magic is a curveball. Oh, I guess that's also a curveball. <laughs> the tree is also a curveball, though. It's two curveballs. Wait, so I thought that was just part of the spell. What it is. is. So he, is he turning the other princess into a white birch? No. Okay. He turns the duck back into the princess. Yeah. And also he grows a tree. <laughs> a tree appe- a white birch tree appears behind him and okay. also the duck is his wife again. <laughs> He's like I had one thing on my to-do list and now I guess there are two. <laughs> I was going to grow a tree and now also I have to make a wife. <laughs> so all he said was turn into a beautiful maiden. What if she shows up looking completely different? A different... Yeah. And she's like, is this what you're into? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> He's like, I don't... I'm not the one who... Say thank you. <laughs> and she's like, quack, quack. And then she beats the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack. He, she breaks a branch off the birch tree and just starts swinging. Because <laughs> ducks are mean. Yeah. Um, she is transformed back into a person. Also, there's a tree now. <laughs> so the prince and the princess, now reunited, find a magpie. And they tell the magpie, don't worry, they tell the magpie to take two little glass files mm-hmm. and go and get, tie it to its little legs, go and get water, two <laughs> different water in the two different files. One of the files should be full of living water. Mm-hmm. The other file should be full of laughing water. Oh, I that's assume... not what I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that the third file is filled with loving water. <laughs> oh, live, love, and love. Uh, do you think laughing water is just like, whiskey or vodka <laughs> probably <laughs> right probably just grain alcohol yeah <laughs> duck comes back with living water and it's just full of fucking parasites yeah and also everclear <laughs> it's the two <laughs> files everclear and what's it called one of these waters is gonna be on fire soon mm-hmm. what is that river disease you get giardia giardia <laughs> one of them is full of everclear and one of them is full of giardia <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Guys, it's starting to get real moody here in the it podcast ran. studio. <laughs> There's a thunderstorm happening. Oh, and so some anyways. are scared. <laughs> oh, buddy. So the magpie goes and collects these two files, one of Giardia, one of Everclear, and returns. And then they take the two files of water and they pour the living water over their sons, the three boys. And the three boys come back to life. And then oh. they pour the laughing water over their three sons. And now their three sons can talk again, because apparently that was a problem. <laughs> what? That wasn't that part of it. That they were anticipating. And they, their little happy family lived happily ever after. Sure. What? I'm happened? telling this in the order of what it happens in the story. Okay. So, 
They sprinkled them with talking water, and they began talking and laughing. And so now the prince has his whole family with him, and they never had cause to shed a tear, and prospered evermore from year to year. Never more to return was the evil past, and they could be happy together at last. And as for the witch... Yeah. She was tied to a horse's tail, oh, and no. the horse sent across a field. Where the witch's leg came off, there a poker appeared. Where her arm was severed, there lay a rake. Where her head rolled down, there a burdock grew up. The birds came flying up, and they pecked the flesh. The wind swept up, and they bore off the bones, and nothing was left of the wicked witch, neither trace nor word nor memory. The end. They're like, so happily ever after, also gruesome murder. <laughs> the end. Okay, here's here's my my thing. The witch is the only one in the story that can do magic up until suddenly mm-hmm. the prince does magic. Do you think they're siblings? Mm. If so, gross. That's Why gross. Why would they be siblings? Why can he do also, also do magic? Why would she want to marry her brother? Guys, the rain is fucking... It's on my side. It's <laughs> storming so... <laughs> and they were roommates. <laughs> it's just... How common is magic in this world? I don't know, but we have six characters. Yeah. A witch, a magic prince, a talking duck, and then three little boys who were hatched from duck eggs. So I'm going to say that's like a (laughs) hundred percent. Okay. Well, also though, I'm starting to think maybe that, well, I mean, she couldn't turn herself back from a duck. She's not magic. Also the magpie being able to understand like, oh, let's, I got to go out and do this. Do you think he used to be a person? You're really not as hung up on the tree as I was hoping you would be. I did so much research. (laughs) Max, the tree, I didn't even realize. I I was like, maybe there's no tree there. Or maybe in order to, like, bring a human to life, you also have to have, like, a good tree. (laughs) It's the law of conservation of trees. (laughs) If you cut down one duck, you have to grow a tree in its place. Trees cannot be destroyed. Uh, also, if anyone is born, you have to, there has to, a tree has to be created. Classic law of conservation of trees. That should be our rule in America. If you, yeah. if you want to have a baby, you have to plant a tree. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And if that baby grows up to be a dick, we cut that tree down. <laughs> <laughs> and we use it to build their coffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's weird and intense. Yeah, the cadence of the story being like, and they lived happily ever after, and they never had another problem. They were a happy little family. Just the prince and the princess and their three beautiful sons who were all happy in their beautiful happy house. The end. Also, the witch got fucking slaughtered. (laughs) This really doesn't focus enough on the fact that he, like, the reason why this happened to her was because she left her house. (laughs) There are so many things about this that simply do not add up. This story is fuck fucking wild. Also, because you still haven't asked... The white birch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything. Wow, I'm so interested in this tree. I was like, why is the spell rise behind me a white birch, stand before, before me a fair maid, right? Yeah. And I was like, what's the symbolism of birch trees? And it was like, all of it. You know how it is with every single, like, kind of plant matter. Like, there's always a culture somewhere in the world that is like, this one's for wealth yeah. or for death. And also life. And also for prosperance yeah. and abundance. Birch trees aren't birch trees aren't the money trees, are they? No. I mean probably. But <laughs> the, that's not like they're Yeah. Uh but so I couldn't find anything specific about like the significance of a birch tree in folklore mm-hmm. until I remember that this is a Russian story and I was like, mm. hmm, 
what kind of significance do birch trees have in Russian folklore? And they were like, not much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. what about a white birch tree? And they were like, oh, they fucking love white birch trees. <laughs> like, Why wouldn't you say that when I asked about birch trees? <laughs> Isn't white birch tree the one that in the Vavitch, like that's what she is staring at. There's like a white birch tree in the woods mm-hmm. across the street. Across the street, across like a across field. The street. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think the symbolism about witches and woods and like a white birch tree and the bitch. Maybe. Um, but the Russian symbolism for it, Russians are fucking crazy about white birch trees. <laughs> it's considered like a symbol of of Russia. It's okay. like they're like they are bonkers for them. I couldn't find a clear explanation except that there's they just one fucking thing, love them. There's one thing we know that Russians love. Or three things. They love Vodka. They love releasing tigers into China, and they fucking love a good white birch tree. <laughs> they love that fucking tree. God, they love that tree. So this is like a weird thing where he is like, it's like him like planting an American flag and then doing a spell, basically. <laughs> He's like, anyways, this story is copyright Russia. I hope my wife's not a duck anymore. <laughs> Pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. I'm Thanks excited. Thanks. So next week, what culture is should what culture are you doing for? Is it the same story or is it like it's a different story? Okay. So the the connections that this has to Swan Lake are the idea of a woman being tricked into becoming a waterfowl. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> also, the idea of like the the duplicate. Yeah. Um, this is this is ATU type uh, four hundred three, the white and the black bride. Okay. Um, which is oh yeah, we've done a couple of these. We've done a couple of these where there there are different variations on it. I more and more have trouble with. I have problems with the ATU types yeah. uh, because they're very nonspecific. The white bride and the black bride in some cases are like a comparison between two different kinds of women. And then in the end, they end up with like the other spouse who is better suited to them. Mm-hmm. But this one is part of the category of the white and the black bride where it's, it is like in Swan Lake or in Black Swan yeah, where one of them transforms the other into something. Yeah. And then they transform into them and then they do evil and pretend to be them. Right. Yeah. Which is a very different kind of story. God, I think. Black Swan did that so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. So that's kind of the, the broad strokes of it. But, and so th- this is kind of one of the, this is a very, very old Russian story and it is considered to be one of the influences for the story of Swan Lake. Okay. But yeah, so next week I will be telling the German story uh, uh, that is considered to be sort of the German antecedent of, okay. of Swan Lake. And then between the two, we're going to get a pretty good idea of what the story of Swan Lake is. And then I'm going to tell that story. I'm very excited. Yeah. Great. White duck. White duck. White duck. White duck is not as catchy of a title as Swan Lake <laughs> or no. the Swan Princess. No, that's really not. Well, it is raining and thundering, and my dog is here next to me shaking like a little leaf. So I'm going to put his emotional support skeleton sweater on him. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're going to come back. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay, Max. Jamie. I am really, first of all, a little confused as to how I came to this story today. So I was going to do one from a couple new books that I got, right? I was like, Mm -hmm. I got all these new folklore books. And I was looking for the butt story, didn't find it. And I was like, maybe I'll take a story from there. And then I started thinking about 
how we are in Pride Month. And I was like, you know what? Let's try to find like an LGBTQ story, right? Mm -hmm. We're like right smack in the middle of Pride Month. And so I was like, cool, let's start looking. Of course, there's no, there's very few original like folk tales that will fit that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of interpretation you have to do. There's lots of mythology. And I have done a few like LGBTQ plus myths as have you. And so I went down that road and I found a list that mentioned a couple stories. I went through a couple of different cultures and then I started on one that I'm very excited to tell you. It's not at the end of the day, it is not expressly a gay myth, but I think it's pretty fucking fair to, to make assumptions <laughs> about other people's cultures. So fair enough. <laughs> here I go. Just in, Again, in relation to it being Pride Month and in terms of, like, folklore, to be super abundantly clear. Yes. There has always been, for all of human history, myths about gay people. Yes. And about... And also stories like, sexuality and writings and like from gay people. Yeah. Those have always been a thing. The way that folklore works, though, is that what is preserved is what is uh, continuously brought into like the public mind this is true so if there is a period of time where those stories are not told they are more likely to die out uh, which is very unfortunate and we've lost a lot of really great stories as a result of societal pressures against you know various different etc but or they have been rewritten or the they've been updated to a new like society at a different time and then that version was what became popularized for yes. example, the myth of Echo and Narcissus was originally the myth of Narcissus and Ammonius, who is a shepherd boy. It's the same exact myth, though, basically. Wow. Yeah. Which I am going to be including in my book of Greek lovers, because I like that story yeah. a lot. And I thought that was kind of cool. I love it. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Just. <laughs> yeah, just an important distinction that there are and always have been folktales about. Also, off to- like off topic of the story I'm going to tell, but there are are a bunch of gay men in mythology and there's very few lesbian women in mythology if any especially in like greek mythology and like our text that we have and first of all that's because the library of alexandria burned down and so we don't know what we lost but also because the idea of women having sex with each other genuinely didn't make sense to human beings until like the 1900s when men were like wait a minute (laughs) you're telling me that no, because there's no penis. <laughs> Women were like, you are an idiot. Mm-hmm. Lesbians have also always existed. It's just that men were the one that were writing yes. um, and being yeah. educated and disseminating information. And they couldn't they couldn't think of a world that didn't involve penises. <laughs> yep. And if they ever came across a piece of writing that was like, what if just two ladies and no dudes? They wouldn't be spreading that story around. Except for Sappho. Except for Sappho. Oh. Anyways, so Good. just to be clear, historically, lots of LGBTQ representation yes. in folktales. However, our surviving records, less so. Yeah. And so we have to make some <laughs> different interpretations sometimes. And I'm going to tell you a really good one. Are you ready? Yes. I'm thrilled. You're going to like this one in particular. <gasps> this is the Tan Bocunya, the Cattle Raid of Cooley, an Irish story. <gasps> It also blends up in there. <laughs> it also blends up into Scottish territory and mm-hmm. just Celtic territory in general. One morning, Queen Maeve and her husband Alil, Alil. By the way, 
I did so much fucking research on how, today on how to pronounce these things. I had phonetic guides. I'm still going to do it wrong, and I am sorry. <laughs> but you are trying. One morning, Queen Maeve and her husband, Aliel, were lying in bed, chatting, and teasing each other. They had just woken up, and they're having, like, a sweet little, like, morning together. Just, like, lying in each other's mm. arms and, like, teasing each other. Like a dead wife flashback, but... Kind of, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is specifically in the Tan Bokunya, which is like the epic story of this. Mm-hmm. This section is called Pillow Talk. That's cute. <laughs> That's what they're doing. The, this fucked up story begins with Pillow Talk between straight people. And I think that that's important to remember. Hmm. They ruin everything. <laughs> okay. Love it. So they start this like sweet little fake fight about who is stronger and who is richer. And soon it turns into a very real fight because Maeve cannot lose. Uh, Aliel really? <laughs> is like, listen, you're so lucky to be married to me. I'm very strong. Everyone knows that. And also, you're a woman. You need somebody to take care of you. And I'm like a big, strong man. And I'd love to take care of you. And he like kind of laughs to himself like, ha, ha, ha. And she's just staring at him. <laughs> not blinking like she's <laughs> stopped moving completely <laughs> and she's like um husband we are certainly well matched in many regards right but i am the fiercest warrior in the world i have whole armies that bow down to me and also not to mention i'm fucking hot and everyone <laughs> says it <laughs> so maybe you don't hold a fucking candle to me because i'm better and richer and stronger and more famous than you and he's like okay well then why don't you prove it she's like prove what and he's like let's prove who's richer we both have possessions of our own let's fucking line them up and she's like oh let's do it let's fucking do it (laughs) and so they call their servants and they have them line up all of their castle possessions so like tapestries jewelry armor like everything that they each own and they're lined up in order of like comparison they're just like on different sides of a room with like a line in the middle Mm -hmm. and it's determined at the end of this that they're truly matched in all of their possessions that they have in the castle and aliel smiles and he's like all right i concede we're equals through and through and he like he's like let's eat breakfast mave is like no no it's not enough anymore. We have to actually settle this because now I'm pissed. And he's like, oh, I started a whole thing. He's <laughs> like, damn it. And so I do think she just needs breakfast. She might I've just been need to her, eat breakfast. And she she maybe just needs to eat some breakfast. And Aliel cannot convince her to do that. <laughs> so she demands that their sheep be compared, but they are of equal number. And then they compare their horses and they are of equal number and equal breed. And then they're like, or breed. And then they're like, you know, let's compare our fucking soldiers. And everything is equal. They're like, fuck. <laughs> so she's really, really upset. And eventually she's like, no, no, no. We're going to compare our cattle. Okay. I got the most cattle in the whole fucking world. They do this, right? Mm-hmm. And they do have equal numbers of cattle. But Aliel smiles and he's like, you realize that I have Finn Banach, the white bull that's known to be the strongest bull in the world. So like, we might have the same number of cattle, but uh, he... He pretty much equals, like, a thousand bulls. Like, there's no way. Quality over quantity. It is. And he's, like, a famed, like, magical white bull, basically. Yeah. And so Maeve is like, no, no, that white bull was sired by my cattle, so he's technically mine. And Elio smiles, and he's like, all right, yep, no, you're right, he's yours. Let's go eat now. And then he starts (laughs) to leave, and Maeve is 
just struck with how fucking pissed she is because she knows what he's thinking, right? He smiled and kissed her on the cheek and was like, okay, babe, he's yours. (laughs) The problem is, is that yes, the bull was sired by her cattle, but the bull had actually chosen to go over to Aliel's herd because he didn't want to be associated with a woman. The bull is a misogynist. What? It's a magic bull. Oh, they milkshake ducked the bull. (laughs) They milkshake ducked the bull. Damn it, now we have to keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) And so by sheer technicality, the bull is his now. And she can't argue it because it chose. And so she's like, fuck, 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 fuck. She's so mad. Because even though he's not arguing, he's like, I concede. She knows that he doesn't actually mean it. And so Aliel is like, listen, he's our bull now. <laughs> Let's go eat. Which I typed out and giggled to myself because one time we were watching TV and we heard a man say, Let's squeet. <laughs> anyway. Um, Let's squeet. Let's squeet. But Maeve was already like shaking with absolute fury. And she's like, listen, we're going to settle this matter by attaining the infamous Don Cunha, the bull of Cooley. Mmm. Coolio. <laughs> I was really hoping that she was going to say, all right, we're going to settle this the old-fashioned way. Arm wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fight me, bro. (laughs) No, that would make the story way more fun than it actually is. (laughs) So Alio is like, please, babe, let it go. I already told you it doesn't matter. And she's like, it does matter. I will not stand to be unequal to you in any way. I need to get that other bull. So Don Cunha is the black bull of... Cooley, sometimes called the Black Bull of Ulster, right? And just he's just as famous as the White Bull, and he's like just as magical and strong and intense. And so she sends someone to bargain with the owner of Don Cunha. His name is Dara McFierna. Dara McFierna. That's it. I tried so that hard. That was so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> I rarely actually You really got that, that breathy Irish R in. Dara McFierna. <laughs> The, the second one was good. The first one was bad. <laughs> ah, fuck. Okay, so she sends a messenger and she's like, go tell Dara that we're going to be trading. I'm willing to offer him like treasures and whatnot. But if he wants to just like fucking call it square and have a night of passionate wild sex with me, I would be willing to do that. So uh, <laughs> let him pick. And so the negotiations go super well. <laughs> Dara's like, I don't know if I'm going to part with this bull. Like he's kind of a big, you said sex with Maeve. <laughs> Like, with her? She's going to be there and everything? And I'll be there, too? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. (laughs) Can it be nice? (laughs) (laughs) So... So, so they, he's like immediately like, yeah, fuck it. Yes, that's... Tell her that's a great offer and I accept. And so to celebrate it, Dara invites the messengers to a feast. However... They got absolutely sloshed and they started talking shit because they were super drunk. (laughs) And they said that had Dara not agreed to the trade, Maeve would have taken the bull by force with her army. And that insults (laughs) this guy. And he's like, well, fuck you then. And so he backs out of the deal. And he's like, tell Maeve to fucking fight me then. (laughs) I have the black bull of Ulster, so you can go to hell. So they tell Maeve what happened, and they're all like, oh, we fucked up, I'm so sorry. And instead of being annoyed at her sloppy drunk servants, she's like really pissed at this guy, Dara, for, Dara? Dara. For denying her this bull. And so she's like, listen, he never wanted to trade with me. He was just fucking, like, pulling our chains. And so, you know what? That's it. She decides to fight, like, start a whole war about it. (laughs) 
Maeve has a temper. <laughs> Have you noticed? Has she had breakfast yet? <laughs> That's mm. my question. <laughs> Maeve is a fucking crazy person. By the way, just continuing with my theme of, theme of uh, Akatar stories, in Throne of Glass, also by Sarah J. Mass, the main villain is called Queen Maeve. Nice. I think in Irish stories, Queen Mab, the queen of the fairies, is also from the same root. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Maeve puts out a call to all of her followers that she's going to war with Dara in Ulster, and she needs their support. And she's so respected in Ireland that, like, she amasses this huge army almost immediately. And the night before they go to war, Maeve went to her favorite druid, and she asks, hey, what's the outcome of this war? Like, it's already going, but I want to know what to expect. And he says, you're going to live. And she's like, thank you. Um, Am I going to be victorious? And he responds, you're going to live. (laughs) She's like, oh, no, what the fuck does that mean? And he's like, live, you will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good news, you're going to walk out of this still breathing. (laughs) Just like, this does not sound great. And he's like, let me uh, consult my texts. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, you live. (laughs) Oh, no. And so she leaves feeling a little bit less confident than she felt before. That's one of those sentences, sorry, where, like, if you change the emphasis, it's a bunch of different sentences where it's like, yeah, you're going to live. Yeah. Oh, you're going to live. Yeah. You're going to live. That's 100%. (laughs) He just keeps using all of them, and she's like... Oh, no. (laughs) And so she doesn't feel super great about this, but it's too late to back out. So she starts heading home, and a beautiful woman walks up to her chariot, and she says, Queen Maeve, I have a prophecy for you. And Maeve's like, who are you? And she says, I am Fadim, a prophet. Now, Mm. Fadim, by the way, is one of the famous members of the Tuatha Dé Danam. She's a fairy. So she tells Maeve that she's in danger. And she says, quote, when I think of the future, I see only shades of red for you. And Maeve's like, okay, but I was just told that I'm going to be victorious. And I'm like, no, you weren't. <laughs> but she's like, everyone knows we're going to win. And I just got confirmation. So your prophecy is wrong. <laughs> and Fatem tells her this. Are you ready for a fucking badass speech? Yes. I'm really excited. She says, quote, you have an enemy you have not yet seen. He is a fair-haired giant among men. He possesses a physical prowess the likes of which has never been seen in this land. He fears no man, and all who come before him shake with terror. Before his spear, blood will flow like rivers from your greatest warriors. There will be a terrible destruction, anguish, and pain. This man is coming now. And his name? Ken from Ken and Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Is Cacolin. <laughs> Close enough. You are so close. <laughs> okay, so this is the famous Cacolin, who we have talked about a couple times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Then, as Maeve is like, wait, who the fuck is Cacolin? This Fatum just disappears in a cloud of mist, and she's like, it's <laughs> like waving the mist out of her face, and she's like, what? <laughs> you can't just say that and act like I know his name. Who is that? But she's already gone. <laughs> Important to note, Kukulin is only 17 at this time. That's going to be oh. that's going to be important in a bit. So, in just a few days, Maeve knows that this prophecy is correct because the battles were not going her way. People are dying left and right, and all the while, there are rumors that a fair-haired giant is getting closer and closer to the war and just taking people out. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> I'm just fixing the I thought you were unbuttoning your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she loves Kukulin. <laughs> It's just fixing the uh, waistband on my shorts. It's fine. 
Okay, so Aliol gave his armies for Maeve to use. He's like, you having a hard time getting that bull? And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to leave these guys here. Use them if you want to, because he's a <laughs> wife guy. <laughs> and so he's like trying to help his wife on her silly little quest. And it's still almost impossible. Like she can't refuse them because they are losing. But soon they get a break, a big one. And here we have to take a quick sidebar to talk about Maha. Maha was a sovereignty goddess of Ireland. And she's said to be one of the three sisters associated with the Morrigan, right? The three-faced goddess. And sometimes it's like three individual goddesses that are all <laughs> sovereignty goddesses. Yeah, they're all aspects of Morrigan. Yeah. Yeah. So one day, a farmer in Ulster was left widowed. One day after his wife died, he came home from work to find the goddess Maha just in his house, cooking and cleaning <laughs> and acting like they were married. And so he shrugs and said, it's a living. And then he fucked his wife. What? Yeah. So... <laughs> She ends up getting pregnant, and they're just married now. She just fucking walked in and said, you're my husband Oh, now. she just landed in his hands and said, quack, quack, I'm your wife. This is how I'm going to stop being single. <laughs> I just show up in your house cooking and cleaning. Janie, you literally did that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you are 100% right. Oh, guys. <laughs> I have terrible news. You already did that. That might have just broken me a little. Am I insane? That's so wild. You're not wrong. <sighs> okay, anyway. So, quack, quack, I'm your wife. Quack, quack, I'm your wife now. Oh. And then my husband says, quack, quack, COVID's not real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn. Quack, quack, I have a loose gun. <laughs> quack, quack, there's no furniture in this house. <laughs> Anyway, so she tells her husband, like, okay, so they're getting wealthier and wealthier every day. His life is going great. Every day that he's married to this goddess is better and better, right? Sure. And now she's pregnant. And she says, like, listen, everything's going to remain this good if you never tell anyone about me. And he's like, done. I can absolutely not talk about my hot, cool wife. Done. And so soon, you know, she's getting more and more pregnant and he's having a great time. However... One day, he's at a chariot race where the king of Ulster is, like, racing all of his horses and stuff. And this guy starts bragging that his wife can race faster than any of the king's chariots. She's the fastest chariot rider in the whole goddamn kingdom. She'd make these guys look like a fucking idiot. I thought you were saying I that know. she's faster than a horse. <laughs> That's My I'm... wife is so fast. She'd beat the shit out of all your horses. Strap I... my wife to one of these chariots. You can go halfway around the world before you blink. Okay, no lie. It took me at least five minutes to figure out a way to write that sentence to not sound like he was talking about his wife running, and I failed still. Okay. I understood that that wasn't what you meant, but it is still a There was a no good, good way to write that. <laughs> My wife can race all these horses. She'd make all these horses look like fucking slugs. She's, she's like a Dodge Ram. She's got crazy horsepower. <laughs> I'm married to a Dodge ram <laughs> okay i love my truck <laughs> that's a good song Thanks. so he's so insistent that the king of ulster captures him and orders him to fucking prove it then <laughs> and so maha is taken from her home and at nine months pregnant she's forced to race her chariot <laughs> to ride in her chariot that's being pulled by i don't know <laughs> 
Um, and she wins, but at the very finish line, like the horses stop and she gets out and just starts screaming because she's going into labor. And there on the finish line, she delivers twins, a boy named Fear, which means true, and a girl named Feel, which means modest. Oh, I know. And then, because that fucking sucked and her husband is a jackass, she cursed the entire Ulster army with labor pains. Every single man in the army, including the king, just doubles over in intense contractions. Hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Amazing curse. The only one that is not injured or that is not cursed is that fair-haired giant Kukulin. So it's literally just the one guy. The reason why... Is because, remember, he's only 17. He's not considered a man. Oh, I know. He's just a baby. So this is, of course, great timing for Maeve's army. They're like, oh, my God. Like, this was getting real rough. And so they basically can just now walk up and grab the brown bull of Cooley. They're like, he's ours now. The what? Um, the brown bull of Cooley. The black bull? Brown bull. Was it brown the whole time? Yeah. Why did I think? He's been brown the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so... Kukulin is off doing something. I actually don't know what he's doing. I forgot to look this up. They said he's off on like some sort of tryst. So. He's out completing tasks. He's out. Location. <laughs> he's out fucking. So, so he's not there when the whole army ends up getting cursed. And so Maeve's army manages to get their hands on Don Cunha. But this bull is, again, freakishly strong. And he's very angry at them just walking up and capturing him. And so he ends up goring 50 people to death and then rampaging through the camp, destroying supplies and equipment. And then he storms off and kills a bunch more people as he goes just to be a dick. And then he just goes back to his little pen where he was before. (laughs) And Maeve's like, ah, fuck, that wasn't as easy as I hoped it would be. (laughs) God damn it. So eventually, the only thing standing between getting the bull again and then going home defeated was the mighty Kukulin, this, like, prophesized warrior. And he's super strong, yes. But he's still only one man against a whole army. And he's like, listen... (laughs) And he can't even buy cigarettes yet. He's like, I can't even technically join the army. (laughs) So, like, I don't know, guys. And so he ends up invoking the sacred right of one-on-one combat. And then... (laughs) And then I wrote... And then he fights Maeve. (laughs) And then he says, meaning only one person would be allowed to fight him at a time. In case you didn't know what one-on-one combat meant. Arm wrestle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's like, listen, I can win these fights, but if, like, a whole army attacks me at once, I'll be squished. (laughs) So, (laughs) So he's, like, very confident. He knows he's, like, the strongest person in the whole goddamn world. He knows he can fight for months without getting tired. Like, he's just not worried about the fighting. There is one thing that is worrying him. A lot. Years earlier, when he was just a boy, he began training with a famous warrior woman in Scotland named Skachach. <laughs> oh, uh, Skadak, I think? Skadak. That's a way better way to say that. Skadak. Yeah. She's, oh, she's so cool. She's so cool. So while he was there uh, training with Skadak, Skadak, he meets another young warrior named Ferdiad. Ferdiad is from Connacht, and they're just, like, from different, you know, places in Ireland. They're both in Scotland now, and they're both training. And they become best friends immediately. Like, they have this bond that is, like, just 
otherworldly. Like, they can read each other's fucking minds. They train side by side for years, and they become foster brothers. And I looked this up a little bit later. The bond between, like, these foster brothers is considered to be, like, the strongest bonds in, like, that a man can have. Yeah. Right? Um, so the bond of bros before hoes. They are, they are bros before hoes. And you know what? We should all be so lucky. <laughs> should all be so lucky. <laughs> so they are matched equally in every respect. Like they can do everything the exact same. Save for two things. Skadok had shared a secret with Kakolin. He knew how to summon the guy Bullock. A, it's spelled G-A-E-B-U-L-G. The guy Bullock. It looks like the gay bulge. (laughs) (laughs) So just know that. If I have to know that, so do you. So the guy Bullock is a mythical spear. It's formed from the bones of sea monsters, and it lays at the bottom of the ocean. Oh. And she told Kukulin only how to summon it. So he has a secret. Therdeed, for his part, has horned skin, which makes him invincible to weapons almost everywhere. And we're going to go into that later. Is he a, is he a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? <laughs> <laughs> what? Arm, armor. Oh. 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 No. <laughs> An armored shell. Armored shell. Okay. What? Armadillo. Max. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that before. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might have to leave that one in. <laughs> okay, so for days, Kakolin defended Ulster against Maeve's army alone. Sometimes he would send bodies back to her camp and just be like, take these guys back. Sometimes they were carried away by the river, which was like running red with blood. At times, he would just slip into a trance like he was meditating and just slay hundreds of people in a row every single day. Like he's just taking soldiers down one by one by one. Meanwhile, everyone in the back is just fucking going into full labor pains like, ah! <laughs> you did this to me! As they like shake their hands at the king of Ulster. <laughs> so... When he would catch sight of Maeve, he'd throw rocks at her. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> she's she's a dick. This didn't have to happen. So many people are dying. But that so, just feels petty. It is petty. He never hit her. But, <laughs> but once, he got close enough to, quote, knock a squirrel off her shoulder. <laughs> she had a squirrel on her shoulder? I have so many questions. I forgive her for everything <laughs> and why... Is he allowed? <laughs> I don't. I have so many questions, and no one seems to think that this, her having a squirrel on her this shoulder. This is your white birch. <laughs> this is my white birch. <laughs> so he's, like, throwing rocks at her and hitting squirrels off her shoulder. So Maybe that squirrel was an assassin, and he actually just saved her life. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Back at his camp, Therdiad was doing everything he could to avoid fighting his best friend, his brother, and then I put probably his lover, let's be honest. Uh, eventually, impatient to have this war just be over already, because they know that the only one that really can stand up to Kakolin is Ferdiad, but he won't do it because he loves Kakolin and he doesn't want to fight him. He's just kind of hoping that the army will be better before that happens, right? And so Maeve sends her sexy, sexy daughter, Findebear, to get Ferdiad good and drunk. And after he's good and drunk, Maeve goes to him and is like, you little piece of shit. <laughs> she just fucking starts like making fun of him and shaming him and like goading him and being like you're nothing you're you probably couldn't even beat him if you tried you probably you fucking piece of shit and he's like i'm just too drunk for this <laughs> being so mean can i to go me. to bed now <laughs> 
so she yells at him until he's like, fine, I'll fight him when she needs <laughs> us. Kukulin, when they meet on the battlefield, Kukulin does try to appeal to Ferdiad because he's like, I don't want to fight you. And he says, "We when we stayed with Skadok, we were never apart in courage or in war. We shared the same heart. You were my best comrade. We breathed the same air. You were dear above all. I'll miss you, I swear. He's like, please don't make me do this. I'll miss you. And mm-hmm. Ferdiad is like, yeah, I don't have a fucking choice, bro. Fight me. <laughs> remember when we were bros? This is like, you remember earlier <laughs> when we were also bros? <laughs> when we were bros. <laughs> and now you're going to let some hoe come between us? <laughs> so... They fight for three days until finally Ferdiad starts to get the upper hand. And knowing that they are at the end, Kakolin is forced to resort to summoning the Gaibulg. <laughs> the Gaibulg. <laughs> Kakolin threw a normal spear at Ferdiad's chest and instinctually he's like, ah, and he like raises his shield up to like deflect this like little sh- spear that's coming up at him. But as soon as his shield is up, and basically his guard is down, because he's thinking that's the attack, Kukulin picked up the Gaibulik with his toes. <laughs> and he thrust it... <laughs> Where'd he put the bulge? <laughs> Remember how I said that he is impenetrable, except... Like, he's impenetrable! I wrote this down and didn't think about the possibility that I'd have to say it out loud. Okay. Is it the butthole? It's the... Yeah. Is it the butthole? Yes. <laughs> How is it the butthole? <laughs> okay. I'm How gonna, is that real? <laughs> I'm going to go back. As soon as his shield was up and his guard was down, Kukulin picked up the guy bullock with his toes and thrust it upwards into his friend's anus, the only <laughs> part of his body that the spear would have been able to penetrate. <laughs> Inside of his body, the spear unfurled its barbs, following the veins and ah. arteries leading up to the heart, causing an agonizing death for poor Ferdiad. What the fuck? After he died, the spear could only be removed with a knife. They had to cut it out of him. And Kukulin held his friend to him and cried and cried and cried. And he said, Ah, Ferdiad, Betrayed to death, our last meeting, oh how sad, thou to die, I to remain, ever sad our long farewell. And then he collapsed. Like, he just fucking passed out. Like, the war was over at that point. Yeah. Um, and also, he'd been fighting for four days straight. <laughs> oh, even more than that, because Ferdinand was letting him fight it out before. <laughs> and Kukulin still won. It's pretty intense. At this point, after Kukulin collapses, Maeve uses the opportunity to sneak past him with her army. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And capture. She's so bad and I love her (laughs) so much. (laughs) She captures the brown bull of Cooley once again. This time they do make it safely over the border back into Maeve's lands. They are victorious. Okay, so that's Kukulin and Ferdiad and the truly bizarre end (laughs) to Ferdiad. But now Maeve demanded one more battle. She's she's not over yet. Because remember, this started with pillow talk. Wild. She wants Finn Benach, the white bull, and Don Cunha, the brown bull, to fight to see who is stronger. Because it's also, it's not enough for them to be equal. Now she has to prove that she's better. And so they were well matched, of course. They dragged each other all over Ireland in this fight. And finally, Don Cunha 
killed the white bull. And Maeve was like finally satisfied that she's better than her husband after all. And I wrote, oh my God. <laughs> I just, first of all, I was really hoping that the the bulls would fuck. <laughs> nope. Nope. Now this brown bull has to fucking murder the white bull. So the victory, however, is devastating to the brown bull. Don Cunha is not happy with this, he's devastated. He walked bleeding for days until he made it back to Ulster. Like, he walked back home after this. Which is now unrecognizable from all the fighting. Like, as he's walking through, like, this giant bull that's all, like, bloody and is dying because he's been injured. He's looking and he just doesn't recognize a single part of his homeland anymore because the war has destroyed it. Uh, Yeah, no, this is a really... I'm sorry, this gets really sad. (laughs) Um, This is a quote... There were no men left living on the peninsula, only sorrowful women and children mourning the loss of their menfolk and all of the senseless destruction that had attended their death. The people were at first kind of happy to see Don Cunha. They were like, oh my God, he's back. I wonder if that means that like, it's a good omen that's our our luck's going to change. But he's changed. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's super fucked up. And so he ends up like, basically like rampaging through this town, like just feeling really cornered and boxed in by all these people and kills a bunch of people on his way out. And he runs and runs Aww. until he makes it to a like clearing. This is the bummer of a story. I really should have warned you for this. <laughs> he makes he makes it to a clearing and then he lays down to rest. And it was there in that clearing that the bull finally took in all that had happened and his heart burst from pain. And he oh. died of a broken heart. Oh. And the next day, a herdsman... The next day, a herdsman no. stumbled across a giant standing stone shaped like a bull. The ground beneath it was crimson with the blood of the brown bull of Cooley. And this is the epic of the cattle raid of Cooley and how Maeve basically started a war that ruined everybody's lives and like pitted like brother against brother and shit just so that she could show up her husband. Slay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here are some notes. This story was mainly put together with two different sources for me. So I watched two YouTube videos because I was trying to find like written accounts and they were all so disjointed that I was like, let me find somebody telling on YouTube. I found one called Maeve and the Bull of Cooley and it was narrated by Ronnie Drew and it's from like an old CD of Irish myths and legends and it's fucking badass. And I'm going to put the link in there, but guys, just his voice is like, I'm going to play you a snippet of his voice in a minute. It's like... It's good. Yeah, it's like a, it's a legendary battle with like this old Irish, like just amazing voice. Hell yeah. The second one was a Ted Ed video narrated by Isolt Gillespie called The Myth of Ireland's Two Greatest Warriors. So that's where I got the, um, like the Ronnie Drew one is all about the bull and like the cattle raid and Maeve's armies and like the strategies they were using. And then the Ted Ed one is all about Cucullin and Ferdiad. And there are some that argue that Cacolin and Ferdiad are just friends. So, like, again, I, I mentioned this because I found a list that was, like, some gay myths. <laughs> and they showed up. And so... Gay myths for teens. Gay myths for gay teens. <laughs> um, so, some of them are like, listen, Cacolin and Ferdiad are just friends. Like, there's nothing more you guys are reading into it. And others are like, there's a lot of fucking innuendos in this story that I think it's impossible to ignore. And so... What? Also, his... It's the butthole. It's so that's pretty impossible to ignore. Okay, so I found an article by Tom O'Donnell, who is a man who has a PhD in medieval childbirth and child rearing, specifically oh. concentrated in 12th and 13th century Ireland. Huh. 
Yeah. I was like, that's so specific and awesome. But Tom O'Donnell has kind of a lot of things to say that I don't know if I fully agree with. But he specifically mentioned the homosexual themes in this story that people like to bring out. And so he includes this passage from the translation of The Cattle Raid of Cooley by Penguin Books. And there's an end note that talks about the Guy Bullock, Kukulin's barbed spear that only he can use, right? And the note specifically talks about the sexuality in the description of the weapon and the innuendos that you can pull from it. So this is the note, okay? Mm-hmm. Ferdia dies when Kukulin penetrates, quote, the rear portal of his body with the Guy Bullock. Philip Bernhard House emphasizing the arguably homoerotic relationship between Kukulin and Ferdiad, has this to say. Bullug, or bulga, either means sack or swell. Thus, the guy bulga is the spear of swelling, bulge. <laughs> an erect penis, or the spear of the sack, which is penis and scrotum. Somewhat vulgarly put, it is quite literally the gay bulge. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Many people disagree with this interpretation. They're like, it's a it's a fun bilingual pun, but it doesn't mean anything. Tom O'Donnell is like, the, that's, Tom O'Donnell's the one who was like, foster brother relationships were just intense male brotherhoods. Yeah. Besties. Yeah. And he's like, the idea of meeting your closest friend, your foster brother on opposite sides of a battlefield would be many men's worst nightmare. So it made for a good story. He also laid out a couple more examples of times when Kukulin kills men in bizarre, humiliating ways. So he's like... Shoving a spear up a guy's butthole actually isn't the most fucked up things that Kukulin does to men. He has some stories of, like, stripping men naked first before, like, spearing them and or, like, cutting off their testicles and leaving them alive and stuff like that. Like, it's all, like, humiliating ways to kill a man. And he's like, so there's nothing gay about it. And I would like to argue that both can be true, mm-hmm. that he could be deeply in love with Ferdiad and also a psycho. <laughs> yes. he Even serial killers have things that they love, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Also, sometimes it's said that Kukulin can't be gay because he goes on to marry a woman, to which I would like to remind everyone that bisexuality exists now and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a thing. There is a myth about the white bull and the brown bull. Okay, they have an origin. In the myth, two pig keepers get into a fight. They transform into various animals to fight, and eventually each became a worm. Classic fighting animals. Oh, it came back around. (laughs) These worms were swallowed by two cows. And then those cows each gave birth to two little calves. One was half cow, half worms. (laughs) One was Don Cunha the brown bull, and one was Finbanach, the white-horned. And that's hmm. that's their origin. And then to end, the Ted Ed was illustrated and beautifully, and I have some screenshots of some of the illustrations that you can Ooh. see. And I'm going to put both the links to the YouTube videos. Guys, I highly recommend just taking some time and watching both of them. They are fantastic. I love this. Um, this is such a cool art style. And I also... Just again, I, it pisses so many people off when I do this because I do it with Greek mythology a lot of like assuming sexuality or like, you know, at least attributing different sexualities. Like I'm con- I'm on the camp that Artemis is a lesbian and I'm like, you can, it doesn't matter to me if you don't believe that, but just know that that's what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to me in the mythology and the way she's talked about. Um, and with this one, I'm in the camp that uh, these two are lovers. Yep. And again, it doesn't bother me if you don't think that, but... I agree. I think that. <laughs> so, and you can let us know your thoughts on the Discord. Give us $3. For $3. <laughs> if you want to yell at me, you got to pay me $3 to do it. <laughs> I really thought that the babies were going to be part of the story. What babies? Fear and Feel. 
Oh, the fear and feel. Yeah. Truth and modesty. No, because she's not even really part of the story. Like, that was just a sidebar to know why the army was taken out. And, like, everything. I had to, like, go. I had to do so much extra research on this. Like, I accidentally fell into a a whole rabbit hole because so many things are happening in this world at once Mm -hmm. that you just have to be like, by the way, before this happened, they were foster brothers. You need to set up their relationship. Also, P.S., the whole army is cursed. That's why he's alone. The reason why they're cursed is because this bitch had to give birth on a chariot, like, during a chariot race because her husband sucks. (laughs) It really feels like someone kept interrupting to be like, um, why doesn't this happen? And they were like, because they were under a curse. And they were like, why was it? It also felt a little bit like, I don't play D&D, but there is a line when they do the Dungeons and Dragons episode in Community where, who's the guy that plays, what's his name? Son. He's pretty famous. He's in Arrested Development. Anyway, so basically, Buzz Hickey's son comes to visit, and they play D&D. And at one point, he asks Abed, he goes, can I walk around or am I going to fall off your map? And Abed goes, huh. And he brings out this giant fucking binder filled with stuff. He goes, the the world's fleshed out. You can go anywhere you want. And you know that Abed filled out this world so completely (laughs) that, like, there's no place you can go or no question you can ask that he won't know the history behind it. And it also is like very much like, you know, the J.R.R. token of like the thing that pisses me off is we hear so much about these fucking elves, like it's not part of the plot. But again, you're not going to fall off the map. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's no place you can go that he doesn't know where you are. And that's what it feels like when I was going into this mythology is that there's so much happening, but it's because it feels very realistic. Like, of course, we're not just following one narrative. It's happening in a world. Yeah, several things are happening at once in different places. Yeah, and most of the stories that I... It's like in real life. It's just just like real life. (laughs) And most of the stories that I uh, was was reading or trying to figure out only gave me little bits and pieces and i would have to ask the questions and then be like fuck and then go find the other ones because (laughs) i was like well why you can't just say they were cursed with labor pains and then expect me to be like cool moving on yeah yeah i really thought that there was going to be like the reason why i thought the babies were going to come back is because she is like a goddess of like sovereignty sovereignty that's the word i was like determinism (laughs) Um, she's a goddess of sovereignty so i was like oh whoever wins this battle is going to be like the next whatever or it's like her babies and they're the future or something like that well her babies i think are the future so i but it's just not related to this particular story this one so this is just the cattle raid but the ton bokunya is one tale and I think that there's, like, a bunch of other, like, tons out there that that say different parts of the mythology, you know? So, like... Would you say that there are tons of them? <laughs> tons of tons. <laughs> I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. But Queen Maeve is bizarre. And she has so many myths about her that you. she has several husbands before she gets to Aliel, who obviously is her, like, OTP. <laughs> but, Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty fantastic. You know, Kakolin, he's going to go on. He's going to have a whole epic life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Morgan, Maha being part of that, like her children, th- they all come up again. You mm-hmm. know, even uh, Fadim, the the prophet from the Tuatha Dé Danann, like she's, she has a whole mythology yeah. as well, separate, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty fun. I'm into it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was a very long one. We're going to get rid of a bunch of this episode. So uh, (laughs) who knows what's going to make it. But if you liked it, consider leaving us a five-star review. That would help us out a lot. 
and specifically on Apple Podcasts because that's the only one that I check. So <laughs> that would mean a lot to me. And you can get some bonus episodes. You can hear the Swan Lake episode that Max is going to tell. And it's going to be released on the first Monday of July. So you'll have that to look forward to by giving us $7 on Patreon. Give us money. Yeah. And then you can join our Discord and you can chat with us and you can let us know your little life milestones and you can get pictures of pets and share what you're up to. And it's just very cool. It's a cool little community yeah. that we have amassed and we are very lucky. Sometimes I share memes. Yeah. You shared a really good one today. What was the one that you shared today? Give them a oh, little taste. It was a... Uh... I'm going to say Candyman five times while my homie says Beetlejuice three times. And then we go make him fight. It's a tweet. And then someone on Tumblr responded, WWE announcer voice. And here comes Bloody Mary with the steel chair. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed. I also laughed. That got me. And a couple other people laughed as well. And you can too. And you can (laughs) too. For just $3 and or $7. Wait, not and. $3 or $7. They both get you access. Okay. And with that... We're going to go to sleep away. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Quack, quack. Have a good day. (laughs) Quack, quack. We're your wife. (laughs) (laughs) And goodbye. If I put a gun to your head, (laughs) please don't. I did. And I said, you have to set up your WikiFeed account today. What would be the first picture that you post? It has to be good, too. You have to get, like, immediately a thousand people to look at your toes. (laughs) I feel like this is a trick question because the only answer I can come up with is a picture of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you think a me- you think a picture of your feet would just immediately go viral? On no, Wiki I just feet? don't know what else I would post on Wiki feet. <laughs> no, like what? There's like different things your feet can do. Like you could like lather them in honey. You could. I put. Here's what I would do. Can I tell you what I would do? Sure. No one can steal this idea because I just came up with it and I think it's brilliant. I'd put a rat on it. <laughs> And then a big chef hat over the rat. And then my toes would be holding a little spatula. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Maybe it would be bad if people were sexually attracted to my foot with a rat on it. <laughs> Who am I to yuck their yum? I am nothing but a foot chef. No, I have no ideas. I don't think about feet enough. You can you can take my ratatouille idea. I, I don't won't want shoot to. you in the head. Well, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't use it. Now. <laughs> what about if I drew a face on my foot and the face gave affirmations? Like you can do it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> a picture of the bottom of my foot with a smiley face drawn on it that just says, Hey, your friends really appreciate your input and they respect your opinions. Don't die. I'm your sole heir. <laughs> no, that's a pun. That's pun <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> the fact that you don't know the difference tells me that you have the spirit of a true jokester. <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs>